Welcome to this latest First Voice podcast brought to you by First Voice magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news, tips and important information for small businesses. In this episode, we'll be discussing tips for returning your employees to work post-COVID. With furlough now over and lockdown measures increasingly easing, returning your staff to your offices and sites can be a bit of a minefield. Small businesses have people working in many different environments, offices, shops, hospitality areas, sites, third-party venues, and of course, out and about in vans and cars together. So getting your people back uh, can be a challenge. Therefore, in this episode, we will run through some steps you can take to ensure your staff are able to return as safely as possible. Uh, To share some of those steps, I'm joined by Jonathan Wensley, a director and consultant at Be It, uh, which are uh, safety, health, environmental uh, specialists. Jonathan, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having us, John. Great stuff. Look, let's um, let's get straight into this one. Um, there's a few areas to cover. Um, small business employees work in all sorts of environments, as we just discussed. But let's start with offices and closed spaces. Um, what are the things that small businesses need to to be aware of to do in advance of of staff coming back in, such as sort of assessments and deep cleans and things? I think just before kind of jumping into uh, coming back into the workplace. Um, I would always kind of urge businesses uh, just kind of spare a thought for do we all need to come back in, back into the office, and perhaps there's a different way of working. Um, there's been plenty of discussion on LinkedIn about hybrid working, and there's quite a few businesses that have adopted um, you know, a way of working from home and working in the office and have seen benefits to actually completely working from home. So I think what I would say is just first to kind of give that a thought. Um, and think back to what the first lockdown was like, uh, kind of differences that we noticed and um, kind of take some of that on board. Um, one thing I can completely reflect on is less cars on the road um, and thinking about air emissions. As you introduced me at the beginning, that you know my role in my consultancy is health, safety and environment. So, you know, spare a fall for the environment. Um, I just did a bit of research this morning in terms of um, air emissions and they actually dropped by 36 percent um in the first lockdown in 2020 um so i think there's definitely a compelling argument for businesses exploring a balance between working in the workplace and working from home after all less cars on the road mean less traffic and less stress and i think we all we all need less stress um so yeah there's, there's definitely an environmental impact uh, and aside from that efficiencies that can be achieved in businesses uh, definitely a better work-life balance, perhaps for some. And I suppose bringing it to the discussion around COVID is risk management of transmission of the virus. So if you have less people working closely together, um, the lower the risk. Yeah, so I think that's a that's a good message. Before you embark on just getting everybody back in, think about how you want to set up your working arrangements going forward, whether there's actually value in having everybody in, um, you know, just how do you want to run your operations to be maybe, you know, greener and more efficient, but also to, to stem the flow of tran- tran- transmission of, um, uh, of, of COVID as well. Um, also, just before we get people back in offices, are there things that small business owners need to be doing policy-wise? You know, have they got to be looking at updating health and safety policies and things like that? Is there, is there stuff they need to do before people come back in? 
Yeah, most definitely. I mean, if if you make the assumption that some of these businesses have remained completely unoccupied, um, the first things that, that businesses need to do anyway is revisit their original policies. Do they need updating? But also looking at uh, other risks as well in the business, such as Legionella risk, um, and looking at the electrics in businesses, looking at uh, emergency lighting. Um, so not only do they need to look at the functionality of this equipment that keeps the business operating, but reviewing the policies that support these, um, such as maintenance work needs to be carried out. Um, but then if you're looking at the policy in terms of, okay, so we're getting everyone back into the workplace, um, you know, where can they get help with that? Obviously, my consultancy, be it, can provide that. But, you know, this isn't a sales pitch. There's lots of other consultancies out there. There's lots of information on the internet. There's the HSE website, which is a great source of information. Um, but there's also for some businesses where they have, you know, unions on site, their trade union representatives, you know, are usually quite well skilled and well placed to support on policy making and review. Um, I've been working with lots of SMEs and even some larger businesses uh, and supporting public health and environmental health um, through a local authority in West Yorkshire uh, during the pandemic. Uh, pandemic, And one of the key things I keep promoting uh, when it comes to policies is that when you're writing policies, they need to be realistic. Um, there's no point setting yourselves up for a fail. They've got to work in practice. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, they've got to hit the objective. You know, policies are there to convey to staff and stakeholders uh, how the business operates, uh, what their arrangements and provisions are, uh, what resources they've got to support these. So it's really important that, you know, when businesses do review their policies and they need to review them in relation to the workplace, but COVID risk transmission, um, is what are they actually going to do? You know, what, what works in, in real life? Yeah. Um, understanding that balance between um, wanting to wanting to be having everything written down and doing all of the right things versus actually what's practical and and, and gets people in, I guess. Um, exactly. Once that kind of you know small businesses have worked through that sort of admin side of things, um, we start getting people back into office environments. What are the things they need to be thinking about there in terms of um, spacing, desk use, social distancing? Where are we at with that stuff? Yeah, well, it's again, it's quite interesting, you know, working with these businesses that, you know, the restrictions have all but disappeared, but the virus hasn't disappeared. And, you know, the risk of transmission is still there. It's, it's, it's still a, a huge concern. Uh, and businesses have a legal and moral duty under health and safety law to implement uh, suitable and appropriate controls to manage the risk. And what I would say is, and what I continue to say with businesses, that is kind of think back to, um, you know, the restrictions that were in place kind of, you know, April, May last year and kind of go back to that kind of way or a, a kind of a style of that because, you know, you still need to be looking at your social distance and you still need to be spreading people about uh, and limiting your numbers occupying one space. Um, and think about working bubbles as well. You know, that was a thing of last year and actually they do work quite well because they're really useful in terms of um, ensuring, you know, good business continuity. Because if you think that you've got a number of people in occupying an office space, um, 
if you had an outbreak in the office space and everyone's working quite closely together, the chances are that quite a few people uh, will, will, you know, get that virus and will your business be able to continue to operate? So in terms of COVID transmission and risk mitigation in terms of business, it's not just about transmission, which, you know, is so key because it's such high risk, but it's thinking about your business. Can it operate? How are you going to continue to work if you have an outbreak? You know, I've, I continue to see outbreaks, you know, today there was a business I was dealing with earlier this week. You know, it is wiping out four or five people in a, in a relatively small outbreak, but that means that they're not able to continue working. Some can work from home, but some not so much in the office. Yeah, so, you know, even if the the, the requirements to, to have those measures in place um, have, have to some degree been removed, what we're saying is it might be well worth having those and retaining those because it might protect your your, your operations and your business um, and your staff. Um, so so, so keep, keep some of those in place. Yeah, um, sorry, John. Uh, I think the other kind of key points as well is is ventilation. Um, yeah. You know that's something that is uh, that's that's really kind of built up momentum over last year in terms of you know why is it is airborne um, and you know businesses need to look at the condition they've got in place, the air conditioning place. A lot of units that businesses have are recirculating. Um, if you're recirculating stagnant air in office environment, <laughs> that's all they're going to. Uh, spread the virus further so businesses need to really look at natural ventilation yeah that's really good guidance and you know we mentioned at the top that um you know not all small businesses are office-based small businesses there's people out in vans and cars and warehouses and shops and um working on third-party sites as well and um, what other things do small businesses need to consider to protect workers that are in other environments I think it always comes back to, um, you know, the hierarchy of controls in, you know, health and safety and, and a lot of, you know, anything when it comes down to risk mitigation is firstly asking yourselves, do you need to do it? Um, do you need to be out in that van? Do we need to be sharing these vans? If you can keep one person to one van, one person to one car, uh, that's always the best thing. Um, so always kind of looking at limiting the number of people occupying uh, a vehicle or a warehouse or other spaces or shops. Where it's not possible to do that, reduce, um, you know, the frequency of contact between individuals. Uh, but if you do need a couple of people in a car, you know, again, ventilation is key. Get the windows open and don't sit next to each other. If you if there's two people in a car, one's driving, one uh, sat in the rear. And I know there's lots of advice about uh, face coverings and Previous restrictions uh, said about face coverings. There's limitations to face coverings. Um, your best controls are always, you know, distance, cleaning, and ventilation. Yeah, brilliant. And you, know, you touched on face masks there. Um, is where are we at with face masks? It seems to be that when I'm moving around on public transport and things, I don't see everybody wearing them. Um, is there an obligation uh, for small businesses to have? Um, staff in face masks or, or what's the process there at the moment? I mean, it's, it's ultimately down to businesses. That's where we are currently. There's no restrictions. So it's down to businesses to do their own assessment to determine is there a need for face coverings or not. Uh, lots of businesses are asking staff to wear face coverings as they're working, walking around the building, um, you know, occupying communal areas. 
Um, and there's somewhere saying, actually, we, we see the risk to be quite low, so we don't feel that there's a need for it. I mean, ultimately, face coverings um, or, you know, a mass PPE, whatever you want to call it, in terms of health and safety, it's always the last line of defence. Okay, good stuff. And um, I thought we would just touch on um, communication and how important that is. Maybe sometimes when we're um, when we're getting measures in place, we forget that to keep people informed of the reasons that we're doing it um, and an open communication with staff. Is that important? Oh, absolutely. I think I think one thing that the pandemic's taught us all is that communication and human interaction is something that we absolutely need. Uh, and we struggle so much without it. And I don't think we ever really realised that until we were forced into a lockdown position. So, yeah, it, communication is so key. Um, you know, we've all gone through this outbreak. Um, and what businesses should really be doing is kind of sitting down with individuals, uh, having that openness, uh, having that one-to-one conversation, being honest with them. Um, and and then that's that's the only way that communication is going to work. So yeah, communication I think is more important than it ever was before. Brilliant. And then a final point around where small businesses can get a bit more help, uh, advice, and guidance. You touched on the health and safety executive earlier, having some information. Is there a set policy or standard process around this stuff, or is there some government guidance that can help small businesses? Yeah, there's still government guidance out there. You know, that's updated on a very regular basis. I'm looking at that nearly weekly. Um, so, you know, there's some really good guidance documents in there. Um, as I said before, HSE website. Uh, there's also SIBSE, which is C-I-B-S-E. Yeah. Um, they're really good for looking at um, ventilation. So that's what they do. It's, it's all about builders, uh, buildings and facilities and looking at ventilation. They've got some great guidance on there. Um I think just one other thing I just want to add, um, just kind of advise businesses just with us coming towards Christmas. Uh, obviously, quite a few businesses are going to be having Christmas parties. Um, and, you know, that's great. We all need to get together. But just think about people returning to the office after that Christmas party. Uh, perhaps you want to introduce testing, uh, lateral flow testing into your kind of policies, your arrangements as people come back after Christmas because people are mixing. You've no idea what, you know, the environments that people have been in. So just kind of protecting your staff, protecting your business. When people are coming back after the Christmas period, uh, put in perhaps some testing regime a couple of times a week, um, just as another control, just to reduce the risk of uh, an outbreak in your business. Yeah, it's a really good point and something that I'm sure a lot of um, small business owners won't have thought about brilliant that's uh, that's a really great place for us to to wrap that discussion on tips for for returning your employees to work post covid jonathan thanks so much um I'd like to thank you for for joining us and lending your experience around around that topic um thank you also to our audience for listening in please do remember to subscribe to the first voice podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses and do remember also that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other content, including plenty on this topic of getting employees back into work on the First Voice website at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk. Many thanks.